Welcome to episode 328 of the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast. And yes, we're a day early. And the reason is today is March 8th and it is International Women's Day. So in celebration of that, we have uh, recorded an interview, recorded a podcast with one of our fave clients, and her name is Lynn Sedgwick. Now, Lynn is an MD and uh, I'd like to say sort of founder, owner of the Clayton Group of Recruitment Companies. And that includes Clayton Recruitment and Clayton Legal. And in fact, Clayton Legal was one of the first legal recruitment companies in the north of England, which Lynn founded back in the day in 1999. So Lynn, uh, in this, it's a candid interview. She shares her inspiring story. She tells us all about the fact that she started off in accountancy, uh, didn't really like being a bean counter or uh, having to have uncomfortable conversations when insolvency came around. And then she got a job as an accountancy recruiter. She's got a postgraduate qualification. She's built some amazing desks from scratch, no less. And uh, she was also a very successful corporate recruiter. And then she started with Clayton. She helped build the Clayton brand, which she now owns. And uh, she has done for a number of years, I think it's like 23, 24 years since she took over um, the full time ownership of Clayton. She's got a lot of really, really good advice. Um, I love parts. I won't spoil it too much, but I love parts in the in the podcast when she talks about um, shopping and shoulder pads and how different it was in the the 1980s. But um, Lynn has a really, really good story around what she's done, how she really like came out of COVID like a rocket and has strategically realigned the business. Um, And also what Lynn has done in this particular podcast is she shared um, with us her eight Um, I suppose lessons for success, which are really practical. And I think if you follow these these gems, it can make a huge difference to you and your recruitment company. So Sharon did the actual interview. So I'm going to now hand over to Sharon and uh, I hope you enjoy this and happy International Women's Day. Welcome to the Recruitment, Marketing and Sales Podcast. An obsessive focus on marketing and sales is the only way to accelerate your agency growth. So listen in now as we share the latest strategies and techniques guaranteed to deliver you more placements and profit. Hi, Lynn. It's an absolute pleasure to um, have you on today. Thank you for taking the time to um, to share your story and journey with what well, I know was originally Clayton Recruitment, but, you know, I think listeners are going to be really excited and interested to hear your your story that what is going to be a journey over 29 years. Indeed, I think you and what's called a, a recruitment life. I've heard that expression um, before, but yes, indeed, indeed. Okay, and well, thank you for having me. Oh, you're you're super welcome. You're very welcome. Um, I'm I'm really interested here. You know what um, what you can share for for listeners. So, first of all, I guess um, it would be really helpful to know how did you get into this world of recruitment? Because people often talk about, well, um, 
you know, fell into it. So how did you come to be in recruitment and join Clayton? Yes, it, well, it was um, very much a, a similar story for me as well, Sharon. So um, I was a graduate of, uh, in, in the 80s and I... In those days, you had to get a had to get a, a new role and, and started life as a trainee accountant. And my goodness me, I couldn't have been in the wrong uh, the wrong position. And I ended up working in insolvency, and very quickly oh, wow. realised that. Um, taking people's wedding rings off them wasn't um, the job for me and double entry bookkeeping and so like most people I saw an advert and um, it was for a recruitment consultant and it sounded exciting and varied and um, challenging Mm. and what I particularly liked about it was the idea of being able to be successful based on your own um, efforts and having got that work ethic from you know working from a young age I thought I'll go and explore it just happened to be with an accountancy recruiter so I went in on the guise of registering and um, blow me they saw something in me as well that was uh, with Hayes back in the back in the 80s so um, yes so so started with them as a a graduate um, and um, worked for a couple of corporates so that's really I did really fall into it um, but yeah Mm -hmm. and it was it's everything I thought it would be and I guess even though you fell into it, it, it at that initial point, it was with um, a sector that you were familiar with as, as an accountant. Yes. Well, I'd gone in on the basis of registering, but knowing that they were mm. recruiting. And mm. um, so, yes, I knew that they were recruiting. And as an accountancy um, trainee, I'd gone in on the ruse, really. Um, but mm. actually, um, knowing they were recruiting, but thought, well, why would they look at me, not realising that um, I had, you know, what they were looking for. So, yeah. so yes, having that experience in the niche really helped me then to um, work recruiting accountants and professionals yeah. in those early days. Um, so it was super helpful to come from that background, yes. Background. And, and so what was the catalyst then to transition into joining um, Clayton Recruitment as, in, I guess, originally the company was yes well as a graduate um i'd i'd wanted to stay on and do a postgraduate but you know i came from a a a background where that wasn't possible i had to get a job and Mm. so i always felt that even though i was successful with two corporates i wanted to go back and study for a professional qualification so Mm. i joined clayton initially on i said look i'll come and set it was a one-man band and to set up a niche financial recruitment desk I'll stay for a short while and then I'm going to go off Mm. and do other things which is what I did so I left for about four years um, got myself a postgrad actually became a social worker so sort of helping people it was and then realised that the public sector and social work just wasn't for me I think having the professional qualification mentally I got the tick so I felt that I'd Mm -hmm. done what I needed to do and so I went back to um, Clayton the company that I'd left four years earlier after I'd set them up um, a financial recruitment division and now not having a job I and having worked in legal I thought right I'm going to set up a legal brand and that's what I did so that was in 1999 and 23 years later here we are um, really placing legal professionals yeah. in law firms across the UK. Yeah, so so 
so you were the instigator when you went back to Clayton then to, to set up the, the whole legal division of the business. Um, yes. Well, um, I'd, 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 I'd pro progressed in my managerial um, capacity in recruitment with two corporates yeah. and yeah. then taken that little um, interim role um, mm. to set up and really troubleshoot and help this one-man band scale. My yeah. strengths were really in business development and um, being at the the coal the coal face really, um, yeah. and in, as your you know your your readers will know that when you're small you're doing everything so your you know business development your servicing yeah. your um, you know doing all the marketing so it was mm. really um, I knew I had those skills and so coming back um, I came back on the basis that I would set up a new business yeah. and I would take ownership of it well. 25% mm. of it initially yeah. and um, really build build on that experience that I'd had and I think um, I hadn't realised how you know entrepreneurial I was at that stage I was probably I was still in my 20s and mm. you know just wanting to really still be a, a success mm. and, and so you know at, at that point what were some of the challenges then as you were building and growing the the legal side of the business which was kind of like your you know your baby I guess and your responsibility mm. it's an interesting way of putting it because that's exactly how it felt I mean literally there was nothing so it mm. was it was starting from stage one but I really enjoyed that as well as the big picture the, the detail and sort of wearing all those hats but you know 1999 you know five years ten years flew very quickly and it was very much mm -hmm. um, a lifestyle business at that stage so we operated regionally only and I had right. a business partner and myself um, and my role was very much um, recruiting, training, servicing, recruitment, you know, running a busy um, recruitment desk mm. and just wearing all the hats underneath my business partner, who was really the accountant um, of the yeah. business. So it mm. was a small business, but a lifestyle business because, you know, life happens at the same time, children mm. come along. And so balancing those two things um, really occupied the first sort of 10, 10 years. Yeah. And, and then, um, you know, building a real brand regionally. Um, and when I came into legal recruitment, there weren't any other legal recruiters around, so to speak. We were really the, the only people doing it. It was very common in the um, accountancy profession, but not yeah. in legal. legal. So... Yeah. That the role was very much educating um, our clients and you know about what we could how we could serve how we could mm -hmm. improve improve business performance time efficiency yeah. save save them time save them money um, mm -hmm. so I enjoyed that it was it was it was educating it was nurturing a new market so mm -hmm. business development was really my lead that's what I brought to the table yeah. um, but then over time um, my business partner became we all got older but he was due to retire and so right. the opportunity presented itself to um buy the remaining shares and mm -hmm. that was um in the early 2000s um and so I thought long and hard about it my children had gone up a little bit they were at mm -hmm. high school at that point and so I decided to um take on the whole business and, and buy the remaining shares but with a, a definite um, plan and vision to grow and scale. Yeah. So where we've yeah. been a regional player, um, you know, you only want to buy a business if you can grow it. Right. Um, yeah. So that was the that was the intention. 
um, yeah. the vision at that time to grow nationally um, right. and scale. Yeah. So it, mm. go on. So I was just thinking, you know, just picking up on that, on you know your your vision about about growth. I know, obviously, you know, you, you are someone who's very passionate about growth. I know from a business and and a, and a development point of view as well. Um, you know, you're also quite passionate and very committed in my experience in terms of investing. And so, you know, what, what, I guess, what were the things that you decided to make investments in as part of that, that scaling, you know, because you're moving the business away from regional to something much bigger? So my three key words in, in business strategy have always been people, product and process. So clearly people are your key asset um, yeah. And investing in recruitment um, was obviously part of that. In terms of, um, you know, during those early stages, it's very much organic growth. Um, so mm. promoting from within. Um, then investment in products, so having the best um, products. And what do I mean by that? That's everything yeah. from IT to, um, you know, the whole range of um, uh, business IT that runs a business. The tools, yes. You talk yes. about the tools, don't you? Yeah. We do, yes. But then also um, processes. And so mm. what do I mean by processes? Well, everything across the business, every single aspect of what you do has a process behind it. Mm. And so obviously recruitment, I was an expert in recruitment, but there were mm. other areas within the business that I needed to go out and um, you know, find that expertise in the market. We didn't have it in-house. And mm. as I as I bought the business and trying to scale, you you're wearing multiple hats just on a on a bigger scale. Yeah. But they reached a point when, you know, you got to sort of 20, 25 people that actually you can't do that anymore. You need to bring in um, not only a management, um, you know, management level, but also um, specialist skills. But initially, we went out to get those skills. So that was um, training, marketing, um, in order to be able to to scale. So, mm. first of all, um, I, I can come back to training. But in terms of marketing, mm. um, I always felt as a, a business developer that I was also a marketeer. And um, specifically, what I mean there is. I, I thought I worked in sales and marketing, you know, I was selling the service, but I was also marketing it as well. Um, yeah. But I also knew that there were marketing methodologies that underpinned business growth, and I just didn't yeah. have that expertise. And so it was a bit, um, there's an expression, I just can't think of it at the moment, but it was a bit on the hoof, trial and error, and mm. doing a bit of this and a bit of that. And of course, that is the right thing to do, but it needs to be applied in a logical process and format. And so um, seeking marketing expertise, firstly external, um, was an mm. absolute crucial part of understanding those fundamental marketing tools. Mm. I, I invested absolutely from day dot of taking the business over into, into a marketing department. Initially mm -hmm. one, it's now three, um, but also in the tools that drive marketing. So yeah. whether that be um, automation or um, content or, you know, whatever that, that may be, to drive yeah. the, um, the, the, the nurturing of those, that new business. Um, yeah. And that's been, you know, a, a, a huge um, success and we've continued to invest. So 
everything from shop windows and websites. We're just about to launch two new websites, actually. Um, oh, but, wow, not just one, but two, yeah. Yes, uh, so investing in everything from your shop window. and But now, yeah. these days, there's no such things as... Um, um algorithms back in the day um but now you know everything from algorithms to you know seo content marketing mm. um to brand process it's all part of the same um the same thing and that has really gone through cycles actually so we have mm. um you know we're just about to re rebrand and relaunch our brand but um, that's that's been sort of a cyclical thing and yeah. as we've grown and scaled that's become even more important okay. and yeah, yeah. The, I think, the one, other, I think you just you just um, done your previous website when when you and I first met I think hadn't you you were in the early days of that just yes before. and everything yeah. it, from a marketing perspective has been a learning curve so even mm. that you know our public face today as I'm reading this is about to is about to change but you know, having the expertise in house, we just didn't have the expertise in house, mm. and you yeah. know, getting that right was in, was important. And it, the reason mm. we're doing it again is it it needs revamping and and yeah. modernising. But yeah. but yes, um, I think being aware of one's own um, strengths and and areas that you know perhaps one hasn't got that expertise is absolutely yeah. key when yeah. you're scaling it's, it's certainly been being self-aware and then going out and filling those bridging those gaps yeah. in your um yeah knowledge and expertise is um mm. is crucial yeah i mean in just just thinking in recent times i guess it, it wouldn't you know it wouldn't kind of like make sense to have this conversation and not recognize that we've had a challenging couple of years um you know, it would be interesting to just hear a little bit about, you know, what, what your experience was of, you know, as a leader of a business that, you know, you've been investing in and growing and scaling, how did you navigate, you know, some challenging times really, a bit of a roller coaster? Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, for everybody, I'm sure yourself included mm -hmm. and all your um, listeners as well. But I think it really a crisis brings out real opportunity and also one's inner resilience and um to use the tools that you have at your disposal some mm. that you don't so for me it was a real awakening it was a real awakening and although i always said oh, i've been through three recessions and you know we've we've really done well this was different mm. wasn't it it was it was, it was. all bets are off and yeah. so knowing how to um how to I don't like the word pivot because but knowing what to do in those situations mm. and actually we were alone as business leaders we were alone um, uh, and mm. it was a definite feeling I can still tap into and so what do you do is dig deep and, and the internal resources I found was resourcefulness so how to be resourceful mm. and utilize the mm. um the the um uh, the associates that I had and also mm -hmm. find some new ones and so I invested in some um, strategic um, support at that time in those early weeks and mm -hmm. what that did was confirm actually that what I was feeling and thinking I was on the right track it also yeah. gave me some new tools and a focus just in those early days to focus energy and effort yeah. And um, that was really, really helpful. And very quickly, um, I identified what needed to change. 
because um, you know what you thought was one thing really wasn't and so yeah. you had to I will use the word pivot but pivot. focus on the things that mm. um, the things you know the things what, what get rid of the things that didn't serve you anymore yes. and really build on the things that did and that was my yeah that was my biggest yeah. insight so yeah. it, was, it was really the, that feeling when I initially set the, the business up about, you know, one vision, clear vision, um, having a set of goals, no fear, inner resilience, mm-hmm. being single minded. It was those sort of um, those sort of traits that came to the fore, but yeah. coupled this time with real strategic um, input. So we were fortunate to get a bit of funding for some um, strategic uh, funding ah, and strategic input. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Yes. And the idea of um, this idea about taking us from where we were to being world class. I mean, that really just fed into my my vision for the business. Mm. And so that was a platform. But but I think like everybody um, through COVID, and I'm remembering mm. it very well now. Although it was actually. 2020 and 2021 for us it was really mm. 2020 that right. allowed me to really shake things up um, yeah. I mentioned before people product and process mm. and um, marketing has been a big part in business development but people really are your most valuable asset and I think what I'd done um, I think when you grow organically which I had done you promote from within, which is absolutely fantastic, and empower your team, and that's amazing. Yeah. But there are still skill gaps and sometimes will gaps, if you like. Yeah. Um, so COVID, I think, really sharpened the focus and actually, you know, um, cometh the hour, cometh the woman. I think that's the uh, that's the that's the that's the well saying. Said. But um, yeah. you know, it really did sort the wheat from the chaff, yes. and yeah. um, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a really great time as a leader because it really mm-hmm. did develop your leadership skills mm-hmm. in a way that the previous recessions hadn't. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've I've always been a decision a, a decision maker. I've not been scared to make decisions, mm-hmm. but I learned to make much more informed choices um and decisions yeah so yeah I mean just you were talking there about about leadership and I I guess I'm just curious you know in 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 the recruitment industry over 29 years as you've been describing that you've been in the industry with a bit of a gap I mean what's been your experience as a female leader um, yes, an interesting one. I've, I've thought a lot about this over the years. And, you know, I came into the industry in the late 80s, 90s, when, you know, it was it was that era, you know, sharp sh- suits and shoulder pads. And, you know, being a woman then, I think, wasn't really celebrated in a way that it is today. Today. Um, mm. And you had to compete and compete like a man with masculine qualities, quite hard and not hard, Mm. but, you know, you had to compete to succeed. And, you know, I was all about being successful. So that persona, I think, was the persona that I had um, to build my career. Mm. And it worked and I was super successful working in corporates. But when I became a business leader as in an owner, you know, owner-manager, um, that persona 
in some ways had to change. And I think I learned to, you know, wear different hats and different personas. And mm. um, it wasn't just one one persona that that um, more uh, masculine side, let's say, uh, of you know your you know that the whole person. So mm. I, I learned to become more of a all round um, leader, um, wearing yeah. different ha- hats. You know, empathy, compassion, um, all all those uh, traits that I had, but I hadn't mm. really. Um, brought to the fore in my drawn early on. career yeah. drawn on yeah so that that was interesting and then um you know leadership you have to be you have to be all things to all people don't you but also you don't and so maybe mm. um you know the, some of the challenges of being a woman in a in a leadership role you know s- some of the obvious ones i think in my uh, in my 30s were you know balancing family and children new new uh, yeah. with career building still and building Mm. a business and then also I think um, managing uh, as well that was a challenge and managing Mm -hmm. different types of um, people often men as well as women um, Mm -hmm. and all bringing something different to the table so so yeah um, but I haven't ever felt that I've been in in disadvantage or hit any ceilings in my career um, in my early career and as a leader I'm all about empowering um, the whole team but of course um, as a woman you know women as well um, Mm -hmm. to make sure that everybody has um, a career goal and a career path um, within the business and that may be professional qualifications or career development in terms of promotion or not quite being in the right role but finding the right role Mm. and then also supporting um, the whole team but women particularly um, Mm. that have had the similar journey as I had because it's it's a challenge um, you know and continues to to, to be so Mm. Um, so yeah I haven't ever felt it's been um, a negative um, Although I'm sure, you know, it, 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 it may be perceived as that by others, but for yeah. me, it's been um, it's been a definite superpower yeah. um, to be a woman in the in the recruitment industry. Um, but we don't we don't we you know we uh, I don't want to give the impression that um, you know it, you know I don't I I don't I don't see uh, my team or the world like that. Um, but obviously, I think you attract what you you know you you, you, put you, out. you gravitate towards yeah. um, like-minded people like-minded clients and um, yeah. so that's worked really well for us yeah yeah I mean just sort of going back then to what you were describing in terms of I guess you know seeing 2020 as an opportunity getting some strategic input and you know making some changes and mm. you know setting on, on a path how were you able to build on that then in terms of you know the success and, and how things have evolved in in 2021 because i know recently from our conversations you know you've you've made some you know some big again some big strategic decisions for the the next step of of the business growth and for yourself personally so 
I'm just curious about, you know, what's been that journey in 2021 that's led you to where you are today? Yes, I think um, like many um, business owners, SME recruitment owners, that is, you know, you look at the quantity of recruitment businesses out there and the majority of them are less than five mil turnover unless you're looking Mm. at corporates. And, you know, those challenges of thinking about the future. I mean, I'm in my 50s now and, you know, you do think about the future in a different way when you hit 50. And and so where I had... um, you know, held on to structures and people, um, the COVID opportunity to make changes really mm-hmm. did focus my mind on that, on the future goals and looking mm-hmm. forward three, five years, where did we want to be as a business, yeah. rather than operating less strategically and just, you know, year to year, really setting mm-hmm. more longer term goals, not right. just financial goals for the business, but also um, business goals behind that. And then mapping mm-hmm. out how we were going to get there with key points along the way and that mm. has been a huge um, change in um, how I've, I've operated and what that's allowed me to do where I was passionate about organic growth and um, in, in investment into people, product and process and mm. promoting from within, what I decided to do was to really go up in terms of um, you know, the seniority, the seniority of the senior leadership team and mm. bring in expertise in marketing, training, operations, finance and mm. working as a senior leadership team to deliver a more strategic business plan mm. rather than spinning plates and, you know, employing, you know, not, not really employing an executive um, mm. board. So now having an executive yeah. board has really, really helped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and what has that meant in terms of, I guess, what that has allowed you to create for your future? Because, you know, you touched on the fact that, you know, you, you think differently um, when you, you, were, you started to think differently as you sort of like, you know, hit 50, uh, which I can I can associate with. Um, so, yeah. So what, what has that meant for yourself in terms of what, what are you reaping as the rewards? And I don't necessarily I don't mean financially, but I mean in terms of, you know, your time in the business, your contribution for the business, and and also what it means for you personally outside the business. Mm. I mean, mindset has been huge, and so business coaching has been a huge part of um, investment in me, really, and the business. And Mm. I'd always felt it was a luxury previously um, to to do that, to have a you know a business coach, but it has been absolutely invaluable, along mm. with a senior leadership team, um, to really keep on track, keep focused on what that vision is, um, because the day to day can just take over, can't it? As we all know, absolutely, yeah. Um, and so you know, mindset and mind shift. What has it allowed me to do? Well, first of all, it's given me, you know. Oh goodness me! Stop the sleepless nights. It's given me taken away overwhelm. It's given me a supportive working environment, um, which I didn't have before. I felt that mm-hmm. I, I feel that it's built. We've built a team now. Um, mm-hmm. We've redefined um, our vision, our values behind that, and we have a really yeah, successful performing team that are all bought into this one vision. And yeah. although I felt that I'd had that before. And that's what I was aspiring to. Actually, I really didn't. We were just, mm-hmm. 
you know, growing, we just couldn't get past that size of 30 and, you know, commonly yeah. in turnover, we just couldn't get past it. But now there's the real platform and people, products and processes are in place now to yeah. scale. Um, Fantastic. It, yeah, yeah. So so it's been a mindset shift. It's allowed yeah. me to then take a step, a step back. I still have a bunch of projects that I'm involved in, um, but I'm, a, you know, I can also be involved in other things outside of the business, um, yeah. new ventures, new projects, uh, which is really exciting. Brilliant. And and so what would you say are some of your lessons from your experiences then over you know the, the years of, of your journey? Yeah, I mean, I've actually written, written um, a few down because I didn't want to, to miss anything out. To get them. To, yeah. Well, no, I, no I, I, because there's so many. Right. These are the sort of five or six that I, that I, I you know, I want to really communicate, yeah. take risks and take chances because, you know, I, I, I bought a building in the last financial recession without, you know, any security. And it was a risk and it was an opportunity at the same time. And yeah. that was a big, a big game changer as well. So when those opportunities knock at your door, take them, take risks, yeah. don't be scared. Even if you make a bad decision, it's not a bad decision. It's a learning opportunity. Um, sur surround yourself with positive people and mm -hmm. don't allow yourself to be, you know, to move away from your vision. Um, mm. And I think that's really important. You know, anybody that sort of, I think the expression mood hoovers, but mood hoovers in yeah. your business aren't, aren't great. That's well, not to say you've not got to have different types of voices. Completely but, agree, yep. Yeah, stick to the vision. It's your yeah. vision. Get your team behind you. And that's, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and don't waste time on people. You know, I invested in people, products and process. But if it's not right, if it doesn't fit, you're not mm -hmm. serving those individuals by keeping a hold of them. And yeah. equally, they're not serving the business. So, you know, yeah. make decisive choices. And that, that yeah. can be difficult. That's been my yeah. challenge. Yeah. Um, and promote the very, recruit and promote the very best. I mean, here we are, we're a recruitment business and we say this to clients all the time, you know, we can recruit the best for you, the best talent. And mm. it really is true. Surround yourself with the very best that you can People. afford. Yeah. Um, and when you're small and growing, that's not always easy because you're limited by budgets, but do yeah. get the very best, you know, make sure you've got robust recruitment processes, recruit in line with the values of the business and make sure, take time to, to write, um, yeah. you know, recruit the right people. And then my last one was about self-development. Um, you know, it took me many years to invest in myself. Uh, you know, I was spinning plates and on a hamster wheel going faster and faster yeah. and faster. But, yeah. you know, business coaching... Um, you know, you must have support of a business coach. And I've been fortunate to have two absolutely brilliant um, business coaches. In mm -hmm. Invest in, you know, your own training as well as that of your team. You know, we've got an yeah. L&D department and that's been really important and um, in our development. But invest in yourself yeah. as well. And I think as entrepreneurs, you're constantly looking for new opportunities. Um, mm. And, you know, I see myself as very much um, a captain of a ship looking out for opportunities, but obstacles. But don't yeah. forget to look after yourself. It's really important. Mindset is really important. Um, yeah. 
And I can't stress that enough. And surround yourself with the best recruitment partners, whether that's marketing, um, like, you know, super fast or um, outside external um, associates. Do the research Mm -hmm. and surround yourself with the best. It will save you. You buying, you know, years and years and years of expertise. um, You know, don't look at the cost. Look at the, uh, the, the, the gain. Yeah. So, yeah, so those are my words of wisdom, Sharon, for Fantastic. what they're worth. That is great. And um, and where can people find out about you know, Clayton Recruitment and Clayton Legal? Yeah, I mean, we, we've got a website, um, clayton-legal.co.uk. Our recruitment brand is just a small commercial um, uh, regional brand, but our legal brand yeah. is, uh, is is national and soon to be international, which is exciting as well. That is exciting. That Maybe that's another conversation for another day. It definitely is. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Maybe. But yeah, h- happy to um, add, um, you know, obviously uh, anybody reading, anybody watching this, if they'd like to contact me um, directly, then, you know, by all means, link link in Uh, happy you know I'm coming to the not coming to the tail end but I'm you know with all the experience you know happy to offer any words of wisdom or mentor anybody on a particular area if that is um, necessary or pick up a a conversation so feel free to, to get in touch Lynn, that's brilliant. Thank you for extending that uh, that invitation. I'm, I'm sure um, you may get some people taking you up on that. So thank you for your time. It's been great. I've actually, I mean, we've known each other for quite a number of years now, and I've, I've learned some things I hadn't realised tonight. So um, I'm glad we've had a, a chance to have this conversation. So thanks ever so much, and hopefully we'll see you soon for um, a catch-up. Okay. Cheerio. Take care. Bye now. Bye. If you enjoy this podcast... And you are ready to take your marketing to the next level, then maybe it's time that you check out Superfast Circle. Because as a member of Superfast Circle, we are with you every single step of the way as you start to elevate your marketing to a new level. You get weekly calls, you get an online training uh, platform that you can access anytime, anywhere, on any device. You have events that you can uh, attend. We have a tech genius that can help you with your uh, your technology. And you also get your marketing collateral provided for you every single month that you are a member of the circle. So if you would like to know more, then head over to superfastrecruitment.co.uk forward slash SFC. Have a look at what's involved, what's included, and then book a call with one of us and we can talk you through exactly what the next steps are. We'll give you a demonstration of the program and we'll, we'll have a conversation about how this can work for you and your recruitment and staffing business. So speak to you soon.